Hello, everyone. I'm Rachel Zabonik Chonko, and welcome to the Club Solutions Magazine podcast. This episode features Maria Gonzalez, the CEO of Club Fitness in North Carolina, on the topic of leadership. We discuss Maria's fascinating journey in the industry, starting out as a lifeguard who only spoke Spanish, how she worked her way up, and all the lessons gleaned along the way. Maria's optimism and go-getter attitude is sure to inspire. Enjoy. Maria, thank you so much for joining me on the Club Solutions Magazine podcast. It's really awesome to talk to you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you know, I wanted to talk to you because you have a really unique origin start- story regarding how you got started in the fitness industry. Um, so let's kind of just start at the beginning with your passion for fitness. So growing up, you were a competitive swimmer, swimmer and played water polo, right? Yes. Yeah, so I was born and raised in Colombia, South America. And um, I started competitive swimmer swimming at age five. So um, living in Colombia, it was like a year round swim team. So it, there was no like seasonal sports or anything like that. I was, you know, like swimming all year round um, while I was going to school. So that was like part of my daily routine. Like there was not any other option. Like that's what I did. Um, and as you grow older then you know like it is more competitive there is more intense um in the hours that you put into the sport but um around like age 15 i kind of like i was like a little burnt out and i said you know what i'm just done with swimming i'm too old for this there's younger kids that they're coming out and then they're way faster than me and i'm trying everything that i can so around um age 15 i started looking for a new sport and i had like two things in mind. I had one was um, triathlon and then the other one was water polo. So I did not realize how like water polo was made for me. I was always <laughs> rough. I grew up with two brothers. It was fine for me to just like be rough playing with them. So the first time that I went to try it out, um, you know, like people were kind of like, holding me or elbowing me or, you know, I was just like, okay. And then I would just kind of like put my hand on top of them. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. So my coach <laughs> would say, you know, like nobody's going to feel sorry for you. So just get over it. And I'm like, okay, so I'm given permission to be like rough. And uh, from there it was just like, you know, like first love, like I just fall in love with water polo and um, coming from swimming. Then I had, you know, like that foundation. Uh, but anyway, like going from individual sport to a team sport, there's lots of things to be learned. It's not about you. It's not about like how fast you can go back and forth. It's about like, you know, like making sure and um, that everybody on your team is doing what they're supposed to, to achieve that goal. Um, so a lot of lessons that, you know, I had to learn going from an individual sport to a team sport, but um, definitely was, you know, it was a spark, you know, at age 15 to put even more hours than what I was already put in when I was swimming, but it didn't matter because I really wanted it to do it. And nobody was pushing me. It was just me um, making those decisions on uh, being more serious and, you know, achieving the highest level that I could achieve um, playing yeah. in Columbia. Yeah. So when did you move from Colombia to the U.S.? So I moved in 1998, I was 20 years old and uh, definitely was very humbling, you know, to move to a country where you did not speak the language. And, you know, I love people, I'm very outgoing and feeling the limitations of not being able to communicate. It's something that um, unless you go through it, it is very hard to explain. Like for me, I think the only I don't know if I can think of something. It's almost like somebody's like tightening your arms and, you know, like not allowing you to move or it's, it's just very limiting. You can smile, you can um, kind of like laugh here and there, say the work here and there. But, you know, when, when there is no way to communicate, there is, um, there is no way to get to know people, to get to know what they think or who they are or what talents they bring. So, um, then you start trying to like figuring things out and how to balance that and how to communicate more with your body. Um, so move at age 20, lived in Miami. Um, Miami probably was a very 
easy transition, if I can call it, just because there are so many people who speak Spanish, but it's still there is, uh, depends on what you're doing, you're going to need the language. So, um, so you have both, you have like the, the culture of people who have been there for generations, but on the other hand, also they need to immerse yourself in the culture and the language to be able to learn it. So um, lived there two and a half years with my husband. And then after two and a half years, we said, well, if we don't, if we don't look for something else, we probably will never gonna be able to learn English or like be forced to speak it all the time. Because when you yeah. try it, then people respond back to you in Spanish. So that's when we came to visit a friend in Greensboro, North Carolina. And um, we are from the mountains in Colombia. Um, and we just love the mountains of North Carolina and first time since now and just thought, well, this seems to be a very beautiful place and we just, we want to just come and try it out. And that was about 20 years ago. So I've been in Greensboro wow. for 20 years. Yeah. So you guys intentionally moved to um, North Carolina to um, be in a place where you would be forced to speak English more and learn it a little bit more quickly. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. So we yeah. were, we were studying English in Miami, but then, you know, like you go for eight hours of English classes and then you go out and sometimes you practice some, sometimes you don't practice. Sometimes you speak the whole entire time in Spanish because you're always going to fall into whatever is easier, right? Like, you yeah. know, it is hard to be immersed in, um, in an environment and then have the option of doing something easier or something hard. Um, yeah. So we, we said, if we, if we don't push ourselves, then this is going to be us for many years to come. So, yeah. so that's what we did. Yeah. That's the reason why we moved to North Carolina. Wow. Very cool. Um, so obviously, you know, you're the CEO of club fitness now. Um, but when you started, you, you started off as a lifeguard, right? So, yeah. So growing up, like, you know, maybe just going back a little bit, going, growing up as a competitive swimmer, when, um, I started college, uh, my swim coach asked me to help him out. And he said, well, I just don't think I am, you know, good with lessons. I don't think I'm good with kids. I don't think I have, I'm patient with them. And he's like, I just need someone this weekend, please help me out. And, you know, I explain again, I don't think I am the right person to help you out. I don't think I have patience with children. He's like, please do it. And that was at age 16. And then here I am, um, 43. And still, I think I probably will do swimming lessons the rest of my life just because I wow. love it. Um, so when I was in Columbia, I went to school for accounting, but then swimming and exercise and being at gyms was something that I just always did. So I did many different certifications and um, normally like I was surrounded by people who went to school for sports science and physical education. And then there were many times that, you know, like jobs were popping up and then I was getting them. And, you know, at one point I couldn't even keep up with the request of people wanted me to work with them. So I even, um, even before I came, I had a group of people or a group of friends that um, went to school for physical education and sports science. And then they were working for me um, because I was just like all over the city, you know, just, just doing it. So when I moved to the States, I got someone who connected me from Columbia in Miami and said, well, just go to this swim school and um, just tell them that you have trained with us, you have worked with us. So that was like my first footsteps in the States. Um, so I work at a swim gym in South Miami, um, a swim school that is um, run by by um robert strauss he is from mexico and his wife is colombian um he was in the olympics in 78 um learned so much from him learned so much about how people learn here in the states learn how the instructors are being trained here so that was like you know like the best school that i could have coming from colombia and my foundation and then coming to the states and having somebody like show me how things were done here. So when I moved to Greensboro, I came with that background and, um, but I didn't speak the language. So I was yeah. going to interviews and I, 
Like, I don't even, like, right now, I will think about it, and I'm like, I have no idea, like, like what was going through my mind. <laughs> like, I can imagine, like, having someone coming to an interview and saying, okay, like, like yeah, there is no Google Translate, like, I use right now, yeah. and I just put that, but there was no Google Translate, so I will just come, and I will have a resume, and that was it. Like, I could not speak, like, very much so the first one was um greensboro country club had you know a list of needs that they had in aquatics which you know i think you guys had a post recently about like you know like having a shortage of lifeguards and so many instructors and so swimming it's it's one of those areas that is not very very easy to find people like normally when you find someone who has been certified it's just like Gosh, you know, like you're just like, so hey. lucky to find somebody <laughs> great. So they needed um, lifeguards, swimming instructors, water exercise instructors, and they had everything that they needed, but I didn't speak the language. So a friend of ours drove me there. She was never intended to be the translator during the um, during the hiring process. But then, so she, you know, she took me there. She's like trying to help me navigate. So then I get there with that, with my resume and uh, Chief Johnson, it's kind of like, okay, so well, let's sit down, let's have an interview. And then she started translating. Oh, wow. um, So that was the interview, like I had a translator. And um, a year after he said, you know, if I would know that everybody will be as good as you are, I would probably hire everybody who does not speak English. Um, (laughs) So, you know, like that first year, he took a chance. He hired me. He gave me that opportunity. And from there, I think I taught so many swim lessons um, and lifeguarded and did whatever he needed. Um, you know, I'm a hard worker, self-motivated, driven. So it's just kind of like put it in front of me and I'm just gonna get it done. So from that one was the first hire in Greensboro. And then I came to Club Fitness and um, like they didn't call me, they, you know, like I drop off the, um, the application. So I came a month later and, you know, like they, aquatics director back then, Brad Herndon, he was like, oh my gosh, I don't even know how I miss your resume. And same thing I had, you know, like my friend, like barely going through like the questions that he had. Um, they took a chance. This one here was a little different because I did start it as a lifeguard. Um, so I was observing what the instructors were doing, how they were teaching, what words they were using. I'm very inquisitive. I, I'm always very curious. So I'm like asking words, um, asking how to say things. Probably I was driving everybody crazy, like asking the same questions over and over and over. But um, that's how you kind of like get through things, right? Like, you know, I may not, you may not get it the first time, the second or the third time, but you just keep on trying until you get it. So um so from there, like, you know, it was just like that. As soon as they just gave me a chance of teaching swim lessons, you know, like my goal was to be the best one of all. Like, so I wanted it, everybody to come and, and take swim lessons with me. And um, yeah, and I, and I think I just, you know, I, I kind of like have that motto, like, right? Like whatever I'm doing, I'm just gonna give 110%. And if I don't know, I will learn how to do it. And then from there, we'll just, you know, make it bigger and better. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really awesome. And a really cool story. Cause I'm not, I, I feel like that would be so intimidating going into an environment where you're like, you know, I don't really understand the language and yet you still found a way to make it work by thinking outside the box, having your friend come and translate. And yeah, I just think that's a really cool story. And, you know, like the fascinating part is that, you know, like that could be a correlation with language, but that could be anything, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. in life, we, may face times where we um, don't know where we're going into, or it may be a new opportunity that comes to you. And if we're gonna think about, well, I just don't know, or I'm afraid, um, then you will miss out a lot, you know? So there are times, you know, there's that saying in English that you just like fake it until you make it. You know, there's just like, there are times that you just have to push through it and you may be, you know, concerned, afraid, um, anxious, call it however you wanted it to, or, or like, or everybody will um, have that 
feeling inside of them differently. But um, after you overcome that fear, then you're like, oh, well, maybe it wasn't that hard or maybe yeah. it wasn't, you know, like as challenging as I thought. And, you know, of course it has been 20 years. I'm still learning English um, and probably will be something that I will continue to do the rest of my life. But on the other hand, I don't, I cannot remember how hard it was back then. Like now I yeah. just do other things that they're challenging, but you know, like the language part, you know, like, yeah, now I can communicate. I would love to do it in other languages. I would love to learn more. So there is always that, you know, overcoming something and then just moving into the next and then moving into the next. And that's family, that's business, that's relationships, that's anything in life. Yeah. Gives you the confidence to tackle any challenge that you may face, no matter what. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, at club fitness, you know, within four years, you were promoted to aquatics director, right. And then a couple of years later, operations management, you kind of just walk me through, um, your climb up the ladder and maybe some of the leadership learning lessons that you gleaned along the way. Sure. So I, I think I would, I can describe myself as very self-confident and, um, driven, secure, uh, but when that opportunity arise, when the aquatics director left, um, I think probably at that point, I self-doubt myself that, you know, like I could take on that. But um, a lot of the people who were working during that time, you know, in that department left to work for him. And um, he asked, you know, like those people to go and work for him. So I even questioned myself. I was just like, gosh, if he really thought so highly about me. Why didn't he invite me to go and work, you know, yeah. in the project? And the reason why he did that was because he put my name down um, to take on his position, yeah. which, you know, I am forever grateful for that. But it is, like I said, there is reasons in life why things happen. So um, they offered that position to um, a coworker and myself. So we had to put a presentation together on why we were the best candidate for that. So at that point, we both agreed that we both did not want to take on that big responsibility. You know, we thought that he was he was a workaholic and he was here from like <laughs> 5 in the morning to 10 p.m. And oh, it was wow. like, goodness, like, you know, is that what we want? So she made her presentation. I made my presentation. I had to reach out for help because it was a presentation, you know, in front of the people who ran the clubs. So needed to make sure that I was doing a good job and, you know, where were my intentions and what was my goal for the program. And we both have very different um, leadership styles, but we both agreed on starting as co-directors that did not last it very long that was like about like three months in and um i don't know how many of your listeners have co-directors but it is very challenging to have two different leadership styles work together yeah. you know i think that to me it's um i would rather to have one person in charge and have help then trying just to pull into different directions. And it's not that one is right and one is wrong. It's just that when there's no cohesiveness or there's no like this team effort, um, it can just make things very, very difficult. So um, three months in, I take the department on my own, um, but then there is like the self-doubting that you know I am sitting on a table um, with, directors of other departments that are from here, were educated in the States. I understand a lot of the things that they're saying, but I don't understand a lot of the things that they're saying. I don't understand the jokes. I don't understand, you know, like very specific like phrases from here. So um, it was hard. It was yeah. not easy. It was challenging, um, but, I love challenges. So it was just more for me on, okay, how are you gonna overcome that? How are you gonna do what you love to do? How are you gonna take this opportunity and take it to the next level? So um, same thing that when I began, you know, or moved just to be able to learn English. So I 
kind of like went on and, you know, like tried to find my way and tried to find my space and tried to make it through, even if there were times that I did not understand um, many of the things that they were said on the table. Um, but from there, you know, like I think people learn to respect you, to value what you bring to the table. Um, and, you know, and you just, you want to make sure that you are given as well. So you're taken and you're learning from them. But on the other hand, like they're seeing that you just bring so much to the team that you want um, to have the best program in town, that you want to have people that they're well-trained, that parents are happy. And then they're just, you know, speaking highly about what you offer because when one department does well, then everybody else does well. Um, and then that you're a team that you're a team player, you know, the front desk staff didn't have anyone. And I was the one who was here that morning, I'll open, I'll clean if I need to, I'll do whatever. So whenever you start just like step in and it's not like, that is not my job or that is not um, what my job description says, then, um, you know, sadly, I would have to say that, you know, like, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, that these should not be an expectation. These should be the way that we all work, right? Like, you know, yeah. I am walking outside, pick up the trash, put in place what you see that is not in place. Like nobody should be telling you, please do that or asking you or being um, so grateful because you pick up a piece of trash. Like, I don't know, like it just, um, should be expected. I have struggles with that. But, um, but that has been me and I think that has opened more opportunities. So from, from that department, when the opportunity came to have like a team of directors, it was a team of three, it was the children's director, the front desk director and the aquatics director to um, join the operations uh, management team. So we will rotate and we will have like days where we will have like, we will be responsible for the day-to-day -day operations. If members were coming, if they had questions or if um, they have complaints, you know, like it's not as um, happy as sometimes people will think, you know, like sometimes you just have to get the heat of like, they know such a good times. Um, so that was another, you know, another opportunity to learn and grow. Um, and from that one, he led me to uh, one of those directors left. And then, then after a few years, the other director left. And um, then the opportunity of like being the one, like running the operations of like the um, one, the location where, you know, where I started. So it was great, which, you know, like it was challenging me to like really pull myself from the aquatics department, um, not really now teaching, um, finding someone who could just take on the responsibility of that department. So it's always, you know, when you have worked so hard for something and you have to almost like grow and, and yeah. let those babies, you know, like be independent, you know, and now just not, not have hands on, um, it was great, but it was also challenging just because I had been working towards, you know, like creating a very solid um, department. So I had like, you know, sweat and tear and, you know, and, and something that I just love, like I just get in the water and I don't even think about anything. It's, it's like getting yeah. in my element. So, um, so that was a, a growing opportunity, a, a leadership, you know, opportunity for me to continue to grow and do other things that I had not done, work with departments that I personally had not led before, the training department, group exercise. So just more kind of like the same thing, you're working with people, but then you, you know, I personally want to learn about that specific department. What are the things that they are out in the industry? What are the things that they're changing? How can I really be a resource? Um, I would not want to lead if I don't know what I'm talking about. I would not yeah. want to like lead if I have not gone in. So being intentional, taking classes, going for training, attending conferences, um, you know, asking, asking the people who were really good at things, you know, if, if someone had, you know, a personal training studio or business, you know, I would ask them, you know, like, how do you 
work with your trainers just because I hear that is a very completely different feeling than you know any other department. So um, it has been time to evolve and grow, but at the end of the day, it's almost like everything applies the same way for everything, even if it's yeah. a different topic or even if it's a different department or um, even when I'm, I'm coaching or even when I'm trying to um, lead, when I take, you know, like the way that I've taught swim lessons, you know, for kids or adults, it's empowering is how you guide them. You know, like, did you communicate it well? Or when you thought about communicating, um, maybe you thought you communicated well, but the person did not receive the message the right way. So, you know, like if I am teaching, I'm going to find different ways to explain the same thing to get where I need to get. So um, I think it's this mix and match of, of what we do and how we do it. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's almost like, you know, everything applies the same way. Thanks again to our sponsor, Club Solutions Mastermind Groups. The Club Solutions Mastermind Groups offer peer-to-peer -peer support that's affordable, convenient, and for all levels of health club management. Go to clubsolutionsmgx.com for more information. Well, when you became CEO, um, how did it feel just knowing how far you'd come, you know, starting off as a lifeguard and all the challenges that you had to overcome along the way? Um, that's funny, Rachel. You know, I think sometimes, you know, like for people, even like, you know, like from, from a lifeguard to an operations managers to a, you know, a um, executive director and then CEO. Um, I personally don't work with titles. You know, I just think that um, I am where I am not because of only my work. You know, I, I, I am responsible. I actually like, feel that I am responsible for the job of many um, and how they how they do their job. And if anybody fails, it's not their fault, it's my fault. Because then there was somewhere, you know, in the whole way of us doing things that, you know, that we failed, that we did not do what we needed it to do. So for me being CEO, it's just another piece of the chain. You yeah. know, we need a very strong front desk. We need a very strong housekeeping team. We need, we need a very strong um, children's programming. We need a very strong aquatics department. And without one of them, then we're failing. So it doesn't matter what is your title. You, you are part of, of the core group of what we do. So I think sometimes it's hard because people will see a title as, you know, like that's what, that's my goal. But my goal is to have a very oily machine that everybody's moving forward and we're getting and we're accomplishing things. So, um, you know, as much as I would say, yes, I am very proud of what I have um, achieved in life. It's, I'm not here by myself. You know, I have people who have trust um, and believed in me. Um, I have people who have helped me along the way, have people that were very patient, you know, like teaching me those phrases when I did not speak English. I had parents and members that, you know, like gave me a chance. And even though I could not keep up with a communication or a long conversation, they kept on trying, you know, from phrase to phrase. Um, and they feel part of that story and they feel part of that, like, you know, and so I don't know if I went around many other ways, but I just, I just think that it is great, but I just think that um, I can, the only way for me to be successful is to have a very successful team um, and a, an amazing group of people that we all will be working together. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's really great. Um, I think, you know, it's important for leaders to definitely recognize the people that, you know, were there along the way. And it sounds like that's what you're saying in a nutshell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, um, you know, we've talked a little bit about your leadership philosophy, but anything else that you would like to share regarding how you approach leadership and, and what it means to you to be a successful leader? I um, am very team 
team oriented. I'm very community oriented. Um, I have to also say that, you know, like locally, I have been serving on many um, nonprofit boards and uh, I don't do it to have a list of nonprofits that I serve on, but because I really have a servant um, heart and I want to give back. I want to give back to the community that has given me so much, uh, not only me, but my family as well. So what are those things that, you know, like we, and when, when I say given, like, you know, like sometimes we think about giving, but really how much are you receiving when you're serving? So um, I hear people saying, well, you know, like whenever I see you like on this board or doing this event or working for this, like, you know, I feel bad because I just don't have time. And it's the same thing that we said about exercise, right? Like, you know, it's just um, organizing your time and ensuring that you're giving time for everything. You're taking time for yourself. You're taking time for your family. You're taking time for work. But on the other hand, that you're also given uh, not only monetarily, but, you know, like also giving your talents and giving your time um, in things that matter to you. There is a lot of nonprofits and, and um, services that, you know, like I think any of us can just like plug our talents and, and give back to the community. So um, that will be definitely like, you know, a call for all the leaders that we have in the industry that we definitely need to be more connected with our communities and find ways to um, also serve and um, give back. Yeah. Yeah. Can you share a couple examples of causes or organizations that you're really passionate about and why? Um, sure. So I have, um, I serve on the board of Faith Action International House. They are a nonprofit that, um, welcomes the new immigrants in our community and then connects them to the larger community. So we try to find ways to like bridge both communities, educating both sides and learning from one another. I have also served on um, like helping and putting programs together for Greensboro downtown parks. So we have offered uh, free fitness classes. Uh, we've done uh, National Dance Day and National International Dance Day where we bring um, different communities and then they um, put dances together and then they teach the community and we just bring thousands of people together. So I'm very passionate about like bringing people and finding those common grounds. I also um, serve on the board of um, the Weaver Foundation and then they invest in um, like local nonprofits you know, and just finding um, just many different nonprofits that they're serving the community. And right now we just like hunger and poverty and trying just to find ways that we can just like work together to, um, to help, you know, like the underserved communities. Um, but I've worked with, you know, YMCAs, I've worked with, um, um, NCCJ, just many others that, you know, like just trying just to find a good balance. I'm very passionate about people. I'm very passionate about education. I'm very passionate about um, educating uh, people about the immigrant community and educating the immigrant community. So how we all can work together um, for, for, the best of our community. So, you know, like what are the things that we can do um, to help one another? And um, also how with exercise and activity, um, we can do it as well. And uh, one, the latest board that I joined, it's called Hirsch Wellness and they do help um, or offer fitness classes and art classes for cancer survivors, also caregivers and family members. So we have been doing water exercise classes with them, but then um, they do offer Tai Chi, yoga, art classes, paint classes, music classes. Um, so, and, and they work with the local um, hospitals in town. So just like trying just to find ways that we can connect exercise and wellness um, within many groups in our communities, but this one specifically is uh, for cancer survivors, cancer patients, uh, family members, and caregivers. Yeah. 
Yeah. I love all those examples of things that you do to really give back to the community. And I think it's just a great example for clubs because, you know, we're hearing a lot more of conversations surrounding clubs, not just focusing on the fitness or exercise aspects of gyms, but really the connectivity aspects and bringing people together. So I think you're setting a great example for that. Yeah. And it's, um, it's great because whenever you join those boards, then you have many of your members that you have, um, probably met before or not met before, but as soon as, you know, like they get to know like who you are and what you do right away, we'll be like, Oh, I am a member of club fitness, or I have been a member before, or I am a member and I haven't been coming. Um, so you are a reminder that they need to get back into fitness. So it's, um, it's always great. I love like just to find, um, our members all around the community in different events and different activities and, and connect with them. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, another question I had was just, you know, your biggest leadership learning lessons from the pandemic. What, what did the pandemic teach you regarding what it takes to be a leader in the current times? Um, gosh, there's many, um, I think I said earlier that, you know, like I like to be in control. I'm very driven. You know, I like to have a plan and the pandemic has like taught me that sometimes you don't have that. There is not a book or a podcast or, you know, a question that you can like just go by. There are times that you're just going to have to be flexible and adapt to what it's coming. And, um, it has been very humbling to even ask people who have lived in, their, in this country for many, many years and, you know, have had businesses and they said, I've never faced these challenges in my life before. Like, this is the first time. And in a way, I'm like, well, if you're saying it, then what can I say? <laughs> um, and, you know, you're going, you're going with the flow and you're going and you have to stay positive. You have to keep pushing because people are looking at your, at your behavior. People are, they're looking and they're trying to feed positive positivity and trying just to stay hopeful because of what you said and what you do, even those times when you don't feel like it, like even those times that you self-doubt if we're gonna be able to overcome this. So just even seeing that, like that people will be responding to a smile or, you know, like we always greet, you know, it's a great day. And people will say, is it really a great day? Well, it's gonna have to be a great day. It's whatever we make it. So really adapting and staying positive um, for you, because I think when you feed yourself with that, um, you're gonna, you're gonna look for the outcomes. You're gonna look for what is out there that you're gonna be able to accomplish and um, adapting to, because every day was something different. You know, we were thinking that the mandates were gonna be lifted and they were not lifted. And, you know, and, and weeks became months and months became, you know, and, and it has been challenging, but um, finding what is positive, finding what people are responding to, finding what the needs are out there, adapting to that. And um, it, it's gonna, I think it's gonna continue for a good while until we said that we are, um, you know, where we need to be, but that's okay, that's life, you know? And um, I think I've done it before and I will continue to do it and I will find what balances me and uh, what it keeps me going. And um, we, just, we just cannot let, um, one fall, just keep us down there, right? Like we just yeah. need to keep, you know, standing up and falling back and standing up until we just keep it going. And I don't think, you know, like that would ever be like, oh, like everything is great, right? Like, you know, I think this was a clear example. Things can change and, you know, not only for one industry, but for many, not only like, you know, in a state or a region, but, you know, like this was a global um, crisis or it is a global crisis. So, you know, how, how are we going to overcome this? Yeah. Yeah. Leadership is hard, right? Because even when you're feeling, you know, scared or having anxiety or you're under a lot of stress, it's, you can't really show it too much because everyone's looking to you for hope, leadership, inspiration, and to keep their spirits up. So yeah, it, it's just hard. Yep. 
Yeah, you have to be have to be the rock. And I'm not saying that we're gonna we're gonna need those times to be human and and be vulnerable. You know, I think you know there needs to be space for that as well. But um, you know, lucky us that you know we got into leadership, and um, lucky us that we have the opportunity to inspire many, so that way they can continue to inspire many more. So yeah. I will just you know like call the opportunity to be a leader, you know, as a big responsibility on um, how are we impacting everybody that is around us. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I want to end with a, um, you know, a fun fact about yourself that the audience may not know, but before we do that, is there anything else that you want to share regarding leadership that you think the industry might benefit from? I don't know, Rachel, I think I've covered, you know, a lot of, you know, like different aspects. Um, You know, I, have to say that throughout the years, um, one thing that I've learned is that we may have a mindset on our styles, our our um, our styles, our way to do things, our expectations. Um, and I'm not speaking for everybody. I'm speaking for myself. There are times that those expectations are also put out there for other people. And I just, you know, and I keep going back on a daily basis on, am I being realistic? Are those expectations, my expectations, are those the same expectations that um, people have for themselves? So um, I'm just going to share a quick story of the lady that I taught swimming and she was 67. Her name is Caroline. I don't know if she would ever hear this podcast, but you know, if you're not, you're hearing these stories about you because you taught me a lot. So Caroline is learning how to swim with a group of women. And Caroline's goal was to swim from one end to the other, a 25 yard. And she said, if I learn how to do that, I know my grandchildren will be so proud. And I said, oh, I can definitely help you to do that. So one of the ladies from the group was training for senior games. And the other ladies were just learning how to swim. And Caroline did not know how to swim. And her goal was to go from one end to the other. Well, Caroline starts like learning how to swim. And she's like, like she was so natural. She was like the <laughs> easiest person to teach. Like anybody could have teach, like taught Caroline how to swim. Like she was just so good. I'm like, Caroline, like, you know, like, it's going to be a piece of cake. You're going to be able to do one length at no time. And she's like, so anyway, so we start learning and, and she, you know, I'm teaching her. She's learning. She's doing great. She does one lap and she's like tears, you know, like she's holding on. She's like, I cannot believe this. My grandkids are not going to believe this. I'm like, Caroline, no, you have to think about senior games. Gosh, like, you know, you're going to be able to crush it. You know, I'm thinking about like the other lady, I'm like, She's going to be able to do anything, whatever she wants. She's so good. So then she's like, are you sure? I'm like, absolutely. You can do it. So anyway, Caroline is like very soft-spoken, very gentle. So then, you know, she's, she's doing better and better each time. And now at this point, I've started pushing her. I'm like, come on, yeah. Caroline, you can do it. So one time we were doing sets and, you know, like I'm pushing them for time so I can just get her speed. And so she stops. And then she said, I am tired. I'm like, Caroline, no, go. Like you have three more, come on, you can do it. And she's like, no, I am really tired. I'm like, you're not even huffing and puffing. Like, you know, like <laughs> I don't even, like, I don't see like, you know, red face, nothing. She's just like very even. Yeah. And I'm like, no, Caroline, you can do it three more and then you're done. And um, so then at that point, then I just hear her voice breaking up. And she said, I am really tired. I'm like, it's okay. Just stay there. Don't do anything else. Just rest. You know, but I didn't know like how, like how hard it was for her. Um, And she didn't understand where I was coming from with this pushing, right? Like, you know, in my head, I'm like, push, push, push. For her, she had already been pushing. She already did what she thought that it was like going to be like her goal. Like it was my goal because I, you know, I saw all her talent. And um, Caroline quit swimming that day. Wow. She quit the gym 
I just could not believe it. Like she was like, and she said that I was like the worst person in the world. <laughs> and, and I was just like, so years go by and I'm like, I'm still like clueless. I'm like, but why? Like, you know, I'm like, I was trying to help you. So then she comes back, you know, years after. And I said, Caroline, do you remember me? And she's like, of course I'm going to remember you. And, and I said, I am so sorry. I was, I never had the intention on making you quit swimming. I thought that you were doing so well that I was just trying to help you. And she said, but that wasn't my goal. Yeah. So I think there are times like, you know, and, and the lesson was for me that there are times that, yes, there are times that people have the talent. There are times that we want to push them, but are we really asking them? Are we really pushing them to what they want and where they're happy? Like I probably would have been thrilled to have someone pushing me and pushing me and pushing me, but that was, that is me. That's my personality. How many times have we place a staff member because they're talented in what they do and their craft in positions that they are not good at it, or maybe not that they are not good, but there's not what they want. Yeah. So, so I think there are times that I have to say from a leadership learning just always sit back listen to what people are looking for ask questions and make sure that where you're sitting your team member at or that person that you're working with is not your goal but their goal yeah wow that's a really powerful story maria yeah yeah caroline taught me so much you know and she came back she was fine. I think, um, (laughs) taught me a lesson for life. Yeah, no, that that's, that's a really powerful story. And I, yeah, great learning lesson for leaders is yeah. You're pushing someone, make sure it's something they actually want. Not something that just you want. It's got to have a willing participant. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's end with, uh, maybe a fun fact about yourself that people would be surprised to know. Hmm. Fun fact. I don't know if this one is fun, actually, just because um, it is, you know, maybe just like speaking about being vulnerable and just sharing things that, you know, like sometimes we struggle with. So um, I have um, always felt that, you know, like, I don't know, like stomach butterflies whenever I am like, you know, in, in heights, like, so like, you know, I've always said, oh, I'm kind of like afraid of heights, but I was going through a leadership program and um we had to like climb this pole and then the pole was attached to another pole and then the goal was to um so you were you had a harness so like the team was holding you you know yeah. and you're supposed to trust them that they're not gonna like let you go like they're not gonna yeah. drop you so you know like as far as i was like holding on something you know i feel very comfortable but then the end of the pole had like these circle moving piece where you were supposed to like hold on and then try to stand up where you're not holding on anything but then oh they're supporting you. And so it was it was very interesting and fascinating to see the response of people. Some people were just like climbing, you know, like had a little struggle going to the top, but they were able to stand up and then just jump and touch a little thing that it was up in the air. There were some others that they were like few steps and then they're already like so anxious and so afraid that they're like, nope, nope, nope. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm like, gosh, like what is going to be my response? Like, how is my body going to respond to it? And I'm like, I can do it. I can talk myself through it and I can talk myself through it. And so like, while I was climbing all the way to the top, I was fine. But when I got to that top, you know, like my stomach just started just like, yeah. it wasn't even like butterflies. I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to do it. But then in my head, I'm like, oh yes, you can do it. Just, you know, and then you hear the people like, just like, just go do it, do it. You know, and I'm like putting and climbing and trying. And I'm like, I can't, and I can't, and I can't. And um, I tried for a long time. And then I just kind of like, let it go. A year after I went and I felt it the same way. Um, climbing and getting there, but I was like trying to stand up. I'd, um, it wasn't that I didn't feel anything, but I think it was because I already knew what to expect. 
like it was easier. So I have to say that, um, you know, I, I do have fears. One of them, I am afraid of heights, but trying to overcome that challenge has taught me a lot. Like, you know, has even taught me like how to um, help people in the water when they're afraid of the water or like when they're afraid of the deep water. But um, that I think if you keep on trying, you're going to like almost like teach yourself and teach your like show and prove yourself that you're going to be safe. It's almost like these insecurities of failing or that, you know, like they're not safe. Something is going to happen to you. Um, so I'm still afraid of heights, but, you know, like actually now I'm like pretty amazed that, you know, I can do more things. I don't know if I will jump from an airplane or anything like that <laughs> so yet, but um but I'm pretty daring. Like, you know, like I like just to keep pushing and just keep trying. But yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's a, not, I don't know, like I said, I don't know if it's a fun fact, but you know, like something that I have. Um, yeah. I, I thought I was afraid, but I didn't know that I was that afraid. And then that, but on the other hand, that you can work towards to almost like, I don't mm-hmm. know, walk yourself around the other way and help yourself overcome those fears. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely relate to that. Um, I wouldn't say I have a fear of heights, but yeah, definitely get very uncomfortable when you're super high up and I've done zip lining quite a few times over the last few years. And, you know, the first time you do it, it's just absolutely terrifying. Uh-huh. And then, you know, as I've continued to do it, this, uh, last time I did it was just a few months ago in Colorado uh-huh. and we actually, you know, zip line from mountaintop to mountaintop. And on the way up, I was just terrified. I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to do this, but you know, with the group and everyone so encouraging, I I was super proud of myself too. Cause yeah, I mean, I just kind of did it and you, you do just have to have that trust that, you know, that you're going to make it through it. And it was, it was super empowering. Cause then you do kind of feel like you can, you can do anything after you do something that you're afraid of for sure. Absolutely. Well, maybe we'll jump out of a plane together someday, Maria. Of course. You know, how cool would that be? (laughs) (laughs) It'd be awesome. So awesome. Well, thank you so much, Maria. This has been great. I really enjoyed hearing about your journey in the industry, um, overcoming all the things you've overcome, leadership learning lessons. So thank you so much. This has been great. Thank you, Rachel. I appreciate it. I loved um, having the opportunity to be in this industry and thank you for having me again. And that wraps up this episode of the Club Solutions Magazine podcast. Thank you for listening. And if there are future topics you'd like me to cover in upcoming episodes, please let me know at rachel at clubsolutionsmagazine.com. 